What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Awesomeo.com PGA DFS strategy show Shriners Open Edition. Not bad, Tim. Not bad. I actually opened up the app to see who we had, and I was pleasantly surprised. We have a pretty strong field for a tournament that's not one of the best on the uh, schedule. Yeah, actually, really strong field. A nice change after we saw strong fields all post break, and then the last few weeks have been pretty bad. Um, yeah, this is a much stronger field than we normally see at this event. I think just the shift in the schedule, um, possibly having back-to-back events in Vegas might help that as well. So yeah, it's a it's a, it's a really good event. It should be a, it should be a nice week. I like this course. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. You know, I love the terrible golfers too, but yeah. you know, every once in a while, you got to mix in some decent players. Yeah, we get a little little Sin City swing, if nothing else, because Shadow Creek has taken over the CJ Cup, which I believe is next week. That wouldn't make sense if it wasn't. Uh, but before we do that, chat, I see what's up, everybody. Good to see the regulars in here. Listen, everyone, you play DFS golf enough, you're going to have some things break your way. I've certainly had my fair share. But that cut line moving last week, I don't know if you saw that, Tim. That was one of the most epic horrible cut sweats i've ever been a part of ever i don't even think i was cut uh sweating the cut at that point it was it was a foregone conclusion what my week was going to be it it was one of those things it was cruel because my own guys killed me by doing good like (laughs) wesley bryant and sunjay birdied to move the cut line and i had them on a main team and it killed luke list on that team and that really really hurt uh 99 no good Minus two, no good. I, I did see my boy Wes Bryant just bury in the 15-footer to make the cut. I, I didn't realize the ramp buried me of that cut. It was just we had that. We had Sergio from the ashes, like the Phoenix, the blindfolded Phoenix, apparently. Um didn't speed used to putt with his he's i swear to god no, Spieth no. said that he putted short putts with, with so speeth drives blindfolded apparently oh. um but yeah sergio has employed the no eyes tactic i mean he was he was great last week some of those shots on, on the shot on i don't know if it's 14 or 15 the par five that was the amazing eagle. and then just yeah. on 18 he was great i mean i i don't know I don't know what to say. I tout a lot of, I, I, I vehemently tout some guys that do terrible. 
but nothing feels worse than just completely shutting down when somebody offers up the eventual winner and i just say no way that, that that feels worse than touting a guy that does awful where you said what about sergio you lay out a good argument and i'm just like absolutely just shut it Not down wave. and he goes out and it's just amazing yeah i mean listen obviously it's very difficult i i always feel worse about missing like i have my my tweet that i do every week and i put out a winner a favorite play a rare guy and then a fade the one that hurts the worst always for me is the like missing the fade just because when you're that's just a terrible feeling certainly a lot of times it's a popular guy i had sergio so that was not killing me but it it sucks to see a guy tim i know you've you've backed sergio in a lot of spots too yeah and i and i and i kind of said this last week it, it, it's harder like when you play a guy multiple times I don't remember the last it was the U.S. Open and maybe it was at Wyndham his last two starts I, I really liked him and he was god-awful um, and, I, and I think it's harder like mentally when you play the guy rather than if you just hadn't played him oh yeah you know you were just you're, you're looking at it more objectively like you're just looking at the price the field you know his body of work but when you've played him and he's just absolutely killed you, you're like, well, what am I doing? I, I this is not going to work. And I, and I think I was a victim of that, not to make up excuses, but it's definitely when you, when you go down with a guy so many times and he just crushes you, it's hard to keep going back to the well. Well, yeah, you, you start saying it. I know for me, what happens, I truly try to be objective. When you keep landing on a guy and he keeps playing bad, you start to say, am I, you know, is, am I not being objective? This is a blind spot. Uh, and then I see Sergio and Aaron Wise duking it out, and I'm like, well, that that hurts a little bit. And there, but there are also, you know, sometimes it's like, do we want to hang on to a guy for too long? I of mean, course. there's cases where it's like we could have kept playing Spieth, and it's like, well, that would have turned out bad. So it's not always like, oh, we just got to stick with the guy. I mean, there is points where you just have to cut it loose. 100%. That's the hard part about golf is trying to figure out when that point is. Absolutely. And that's literally the, that is the whole name of the game, not being too early, but being willing to say, okay, I I may take a couple, look at Sergio. I think he's a perfect example. And then we'll move to TPC Summerlin. You took some lumps if you played Sergio uh, over this month, but you also potentially got paid off in a big way. And that is really the formula. If you truly believe it can turn and his putting did turn and look what happened. Yeah, very true. And it's all about the top end performances too. And it's like, you could have played another guy three weeks in a row and he finished T25 all three weeks. And that probably didn't do you any, any good. It's like, it's almost better for the guy to go miscut, miscut. It is better. I'm not, not, there's no almost about it. Miscut, miscut win. than some of these guys, and we'll get into them because I, I, there's a couple of them in this field where it's like, yeah, they look good, but just racking up a T25 at a, fairly expensive price isn't good enough and sometimes it's the boomer bust guys that we should be targeting definitely in tournaments that's the name of the game and now the good thing about this week we moved to tpc summerlin we've seen this course a bunch it's a staple of the tour par 71 tim uh i actually like it it's not not going to limit the short hitters uh what, what do you make of one of the most classic desert tracks we have yeah, I mean, 7,250-yard par 71 plays pretty easy. Uh, you know, we've seen the winning score get all the way to 24 under in recent years, 20, 21 under. So I think right around 20 under 
uh, is what we should expect. Um, not a lot of trouble out there. Like you said, it, I mean, it's a course where we've seen all kinds of guys get it done. And, and like a lot of courses kind of over the years, I feel like it's morphed a little bit from maybe what we thought of as an accuracy course when we saw guys like Webb, Ryan Moore play well, Rod Pampling one here to, you know, it's just kind of a new style of golf. And now we've seen Bryson uh, can't lay the longer hitters getting it done, but it's definitely a place, you know, if you go back, you, you've seen a lot of short hitters have success here, but like everything else, length that is, a, is an advantage. And there's nothing about this setup that really limits the long hitters. You know, it's not particularly hard, particularly penal rough, tough off the tee. So, I mean, I, I still think the long hitters obviously have an advantage, but again, short hitters have had success here too. So not, not much by way of course fit in my opinion. No, I, I think what it, it shows though, is there's multiple ways and options on these holes. We've seen some, some players talk about, you can be really aggressive. And as long as you don't spray it badly, where there's water at a bounce, you're going to have a lot of wedges on the other side though. You don't have to do that. You can lay back. You're going to be in the fairway. You can attack. I think the one thing we know though, you've got to make some birdies here. Uh, winning score could be really, really low bank grass greens. When you see that, I mean, does that change your mindset or are you just thinking I, I need guys to play good no matter what? It doesn't really matter that they have to go this slow. Yeah, it changes my mindset a little bit because I think there's guys that we consider to be grinders, um, you know, guys that thrive in tougher conditions. And I don't even, I'll just throw out names. I don't even, they're not, may not even be in this field. Shane Lowry, Brendan Grace, guys like that, where you think of, oh, they're more suited for a tougher test, not a Golo kind of birdie fest. Um, so yeah, I think there's guys that we would target in a birdie fest rather than target in a, a tougher US Open type of environment. But I mean, that stuff's still really hard to predict. I mean, we've kind of gone down that route and then we've seen quote unquote grinders, you know, shoot lights out. I mean, look at Jim Furyk. We think of him as the quintessential, just boring guy that never makes birdies well the dude has like a 59 and a 58 so it's like I, I don't know I mean yeah sure I like to focus on uh the birdie makers but that stuff's really hard to predict so I, I try not to get too much into that yeah I I do think at this course in particular so the the interesting thing and then we'll get to the golfers in one sec this course it yields a ton of birdies but it also yields more big numbers than you would think for an easy course. Like it, it's a very boom or bust. You can get in big trouble here. If you don't get in big trouble, you'll tear it apart. It's not a slow death by any stretch. There's going to be a lot of guys that go like birdie, 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 double. Um, and that's just the nature of TPC Summerlin. Get stuck behind a cactus or something out in the desert. I don't know. Yeah. Cactus season. Um, anyway, let's do it. Here we go. Leading us off Bryson DeChambeau. 11,800, Webb, Cantlay, and Fina. Only four guys north of 10K. I mean, Bryson's the champ. He's the people's champ right now. We know he'll be bombing it. Uh, do we stick with what some say could be the best player on the planet? You know, I think Bryson's a tough one from week to week. I think, like we've talked about, elite player, but very erratic, and a guy that, you know, edit in the Looking back, it's and it's easy to say now, it seemed like the U.S. Open was almost a perfect spot for DFS. Price lower, ownership depressed, and we had talked about him being just so boom or bust. Now, the price is way up. He's going to be owned. And look, he could go out here and blow everybody's doors off like we've seen, but he's definitely, uh, he's, he's proven to be inconsistent. So it's really tough at 11-8 at 
and at probably decent ownership, you know, he just doesn't seem like that great of a play to me. I'm not in love with any of these guys at the top. You know, Webb has not been great. Cantlay, Webb has good results. The ball striking just hasn't been as good as I would want out of the last three events. I, I don't love the price. Cantlay's been kind of mad and has insane course history, which I think is bumping up the price. Insane. And Finau, we, we talk about this with Finau all the time, like 10-2 in a birdie fest, it, it just isn't the place where he's naturally thrived. He's always been tough conditions, major conditions, lower price. So I'm not in love with anybody at the top. This might be a balanced week for me. If I had to go with somebody, it would be with Bryson just because he's the guy that can lap the field, but I don't feel comfortable with him either. I'm pretty much in line with you. I Listen, Cantlay is very consistent. I think if I started in cash, it might be with him. You, you can't argue with the results, a pair of seconds and a win in three tries. That's ridiculous, but you're paying the tax there. I mean, listen, I know it was one tournament and we, Tim, you have said this more than I have when Bryson gets going, it's ridiculous. Like his top end might be, it might overtake Rory for the best. If everyone plays their best at the U S open, he almost gained five strokes in all four categories. He gained five off the tee, seven and a half with the irons, five around the green, and four and a half putting. Uh, I've never seen anything like that, to be honest. Yeah, no. When he's got it going, he's great. Um, But just on a macro sense, it's just tough when he's the most expensive player and he's going to be popular. Yep. You know, just the, the style of play, it leads me to think not the best play. Now, look, he can obviously go out there and just crush everyone like we saw at the u.s open um but it's just a tough spot for me from dfs standpoint just building lineups i just don't think he's the greatest play this week and just for context listen we just talked about that was insane the three starts before that bryson had a terrible miscut at the northern trust 50th at the bmw and 22nd at the tour championship where his irons were broken in all three yeah I mean, he's going to be the player and this is your, and this spot might not come along again for a few months, but you need to remind me of this. The next time we're at a major or we're at a tournament and he's 9,700 with terrible form. And I say, oh, we can't, yeah, I say we can't play Bryson because he's awful. Remind me of this. That's where we need to be playing him. There's yeah. not going to be consistency with him. It's yeah. the nature of how he plays. Yeah. So he is starting to be one of those guys I believe you coined that, you know, that's the Tyree kill formula. If he's 4% owned and it doesn't look good, it doesn't matter because that's when you attack. That is not this week. It's not to say you can't do it, but I'd rather go balanced. And let's talk about the balance. 9K range. Here we go, chat. Hideki season is back. 9,900. Morikawa. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Karis English is just there, as he probably should be at this point. Matthew Wolf, Jason Day, this is a big range. Scheffler, M, Casey Garcia, and Ricky. Ricky's back. Um, 
how do you not like Decky? I know a birdie fest is an ideal, but I still like him. Really? Okay, there was a hesitation. I, I did, but I mean, I just feel the same way outside of the one tournament where he was third. I don't know what was that. Then was at the Northern Trust, the BMW. I mean, he, yeah, he was great at the U.S. Open, gained ten and a half at the ball striking. Where did he finish? T seventeen. Um, just, I, I just, I don't know. I don't feel like I can get there with him. I'd rather go with Morikawa at ninety eight hundred, uh, even though he missed the cut at the U.S. Open. He was fine. He gained one point one with the ball striking. He was seventh at the tour championship, gained 3.9 with the ball striking. He's won three events in the last year plus, whereas I don't even remember the last time Decky won. It's been like three years. <laughs> okay. So to me, I think Morikawa is the preferred play. You know, coming off the miscut, I don't make a lot of that. I mean, the dude... The dude's a winner and, and the deck he plays great every time out, but it's like, he's like a better version of Grillo where it's just like, he just never does. seems like he does enough for me. I mean, I don't mind him. I think he's a decent play. I prefer Morikawa though. Yeah. I mean, if you tell me someone is a better version of Grillo, like I, I'm, it's hard to not be interested. Um, Boy, I, I'll say this. Look, no shame. No, not going to knock Morikawa. He's great. Matthew Wolf, though, is also really, I, we've talked about this. He's turned a corner. He's been fantastic. The ball striking, he gained 13.8 T to green at the U.S. Open. This is a guy, I don't know if this is super, it's probably a little noisy, but him and Bryson always seem to correlate uh, when one gets going, the other does. We, we've seen that several times um, in several different types of tournaments. I don't mind starting with Wolf at 9,600. He's just got as much upside as anyone, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, he's really turned it on uh, off the tee and approach at the U S open was plus 10.2. Like I've said, the PGA, he just put on an absolute clinic uh, gained 14.6. He's just been on another level. I think this is a great course for him. You know, he's priced up as he should be. But this is a tough range. I mean, there's a lot. There's five or six playable guys, I think, in this range, maybe even more. I, everybody, I, I think you could probably make a case for not high on Sergio or Casey. But the rest of the range, I think you can make an easy case for. Oh, and also Harris English. We never want to play that guy. What do you make about Ricky? I don't mind Ricky. He was actually good at the U.S. Open. The ball striking, I believe he gained around five strokes. Um, you know, I think a decent like similar course to me would be waste management. I think it's pretty obvious desert style course, birdie fest, uh, maybe length a little bit of advantage. He has a great record there. I, I don't mind him at all. He's got, he's got a fourth and a seventh only played here four times over the last 10 or so years, but decent record here. It was really the short game at the U S open that, that held him back T 49, but the ball striking was good. Um, I don't think a lot of people will go there. I, I like Ricky. I like Ricky a lot this week. Uh, gonna make the article, and listen, he's been he's been off for a little while. You mentioned it, it was the putter. Everything else is coming around. I comp this to waste management. You're, you're right. I honestly, I, I think there's a couple of tracks that Ricky likes that that are comp to this, but particularly waste management. Oh boy, the guy, last guy, and then we can move on here. Scotty Scheffler has been a little all over. He came back. He you know he was too expensive last week. He was fine, not going to get it done at that type of price. 
gained off the tee as he always does. Irons were bad. Any interest? In, he gets a little drop here because of the stronger field. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's a terrible play just because, you know, I, I don't know what we really expected out of him last week. He wasn't a complete abomination, which I guess is really all you could have hoped for. Um, so, I mean, I don't make too much of it. It was a plus. He made the cut. He wasn't awful. Knock the rust off. But it's tough because he was playing so well, and now we're getting farther and farther removed from that really great stretch. Um, so it's like I, I, I don't know how much stock can we put in this really hot stretch that he had that's now four weeks ago and, and going back from there. Um, so I, I don't mind him. If you told me you wanted to play him, I wouldn't say you're an idiot, but it's, it's um, there's a lot of red flags. And again, this is a really strong range. I just think there's other preferred plays here for me. I mean, I'd even go him who's turning it around Yep. Uh, game 3.1 again with the ball striking things are just kind of trending back in the right direction for him. I don't mind him. I'd play him over Scheffler. As would I. Uh, I Scheffler's towards the bottom of this range. He's ahead of Harris English. That's about it. Uh, Harris English, a tidy, just to put a bow on this, Harris English gained 11.3 strokes with the short game at the U.S. Open. Um, that'll get it done. Pretty standard for him. Uh, you can need the short game here, though. Yeah, probably not. With his luck box, probably just make it from the fairway every time. All right, let's keep it going. Uh, like, I, last thing I'll say, you can easily start in the nines. Lineup construction tomorrow night, me and Jason Rosen will get into that. I will absolutely start in the nines, though, on a lot of teams. Not going to start in the 8K range, but you certainly can go there. We <laughs> Kokrak leads it off, which is kind of crazy. And then we get Louis Answer, some plotters with Na and ZJ, uh, your boy, Will Zalatoris. Cam Davis, Neiman, Keegan, and Brian Harmon. So mixed bag here. Start with the upper 8K. Are you going to buck the course history and go to Kokrak? I I hate the upper 8K range. I, I Honestly, I don't like any of these guys. Look, I was excited about Kokrak when I was preparing for this week. Never would I have imagined that he'd be 8,900. I thought he'd be closer to 8K maybe because he's been playing great. I just didn't think he'd been playing that good. Um, 8,900 is, is pretty expensive for a guy who's kind of, I would say he's running hot. I mean, he's not, you think, yeah, it's, he's just not the quality of player, you know, like Ricky, Sergio, Usti, Casey, just spend a couple hundred dollars more and you can get really legitimate golfers. He's just kind of running good. I don't like him. Usti, this is a tough spot. I mean, I loved Usti at the U.S. Open because it was the U.S. Open. It wasn't a lot about what he had done prior to that, and he played great. But it's like if you bumped him up at the U.S. Open because of those conditions, then you have to downgrade him here, right? I mean, this is just generally not the place that he does well. He doesn't do well at Birdie Fest. He doesn't do well at 8,800 in weaker field. He's like Finau. Um, so, I mean, I bumped him way up because it was the U.S. Open, and he did great, but now I'm – I would downgrade him. I don't like Louie this week. Do you like him? I mean, I, I, Louie is a talented guy, but this is just not – if Louie ever wins on tour, it doesn't feel like it's going to be something like this. It really doesn't. It seems and, – and listen, it bears it out. If you look at his best finishes, it's majors, it's WGCs, it's Valspar. Um, he does have a waste management, which is good, but – 
waste management's harder than this. You know, it's a comp, but it's much harder. It's funny. That's the one thing that stuck in my head because I, I remember that tournament. It was a couple years ago and it was a similar spot. He was even cheaper. He was actually pretty cheap. And it was like, like we can't play Louie because it's not a major. And he went out at like 25% ownership in like T8 or something. But I assume Decky won that event because Decky always wins waste management. Yeah, to me, this is just not an oosty spot. Um, you know, just going down from there, I I think the lower eights, I think okay. Cam Davis is the obvious one at 8,200. I think he'll be popular just because the, the ball striking is good. Positive ball striking in his last five events, and he's also got a T33 at the Barracuda mixed in. Uh, he, he's just been really good, and I, and I, I think the price is fine. I think people will play him. I would pivot personally to Neiman. Oh, yeah. 100, um, who I just think is a more accomplished uh, golfer. We've seen way more out of Neiman than we have out of Cam Davis, who's just now kind of coming into his own. He's been honestly really bad for a year and a half or two years. Neiman's been doing it. I, I think he's the perfect pivot. He was 23rd at the U.S. Open, where the short game was actually pretty good. Ball striking right around zero. Um, not good at the tour championship, but then the start before that T3 at the BMW where he gained eight strokes with the ball striking. Um, so yeah, to me, Neiman's just a natural pivot, better golfer, probably going to come in at lower ownership. I think he definitely is. And it's because of his, he's inconsistent and Cam Davis has been consistent, but we just talked about at the top with Bryson that helps you with maybe making the cut, but Neiman to me has a much better chance to win this tournament. Uh, he is a guy Pedigree-wise, way ahead of the guys in that range. One of my favorite plays of the week, and that doesn't mean he's one of the safest plays of the week, but I, I really like Neiman in this spot. Honestly, I, I don't think it's crazy if you wanted to pivot the other way to Zalatoris. I'm not doing that. I have Neiman ahead of him, but I get the concept of going to him because now he's more appropriately priced. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, and I was going to mention that. as like If, you, if you're going to go to Zalatoris, this is the spot to do yep. it where he finally missed the cut, get some people off the bandwagon, lower the price, lower the ownership. Um, he's obviously a talented guy. Um, I like to make fun of him. Uh, that's but, what we do on this show. But that's what we do. We just pick out random guys and then people on Twitter are like, why are you so mean to, you know, Harris English and Will Zell? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't Harris know. English, there are reasons, but that's neither here nor there. That, that guy Harris is- Harris English has stole money from us, literally. Yeah just wizard chipping um do you look to guys because this is where i get into trouble i i I naturally see oh my god this is going to be super low scoring i can't take like zach johnson at at a place like this i can't take kevin not kevin not just obviously you can take him at a place like this do you look to those guys he they kevin not's been really bad lately uh zj has not i still find myself not that interested I try to not look towards those guys. I yeah. try, I'm trying to make a concerted effort of younger, talented, boomer bust guys. Um, and that's definitely not ZJ. Uh, who's, who's been playing better, but no, I, I don't have much interest in, in that kind of player. Embrace the variance, I think is, is probably the key. Yeah, I, it's not a range that I love. Answer, I'm indifferent to. Um, and then other than that, Keegan and Harmon, I, I don't have much to say. I will say real quick, though, if you have not, uh, give a little plug. And while I'm doing that, Tim's going to get hydrated, and you guys are going to hit the like button. We're going to get all that out of the way. 
If you haven't joined Awesomeo Plus and you want to, awesomeo.com slash join. We have packages from weekly to monthly to annual to all-inclusive to just specific sports. The great thing about it is you can find what's best for you. And if something isn't for you, you don't have to pay for it. You just don't get that in your package. Like if you don't play MMA, then you don't buy the package with that. You can pick your sports or you can, if you play all the sports, you can save some money by going to the Platinum. Uh, our Express package, it's under $5 a week if you want to give it a try. Has showdown projections and ownership in it now. So a lot of different options. The Masters is still on deck here. Uh, November Masters, so plenty of golf. And then we start a whole new season. So Chad, it's always fun to talk to you guys. But we encourage you to get inside the ropes so you can be in Slack, part of that community, as we look at the $7,000 range. Sebastian Munoz, Doc Redman, Cam Smith, these types lead us off. Charlie Hoffman, who's actually been very good lately. I have a feeling this will be a pretty popular range, Tim. I think there's a lot of playable guys. I have more problem ordering them than liking them. Yeah, I, I love this range. Um Starting with Redmond at 7,900. I, I don't know. I'm just really high on him. Uh, he was good last week. Uh, T28 gained about four strokes with the ball striking. But, I mean, he's had some really top-end ball striking performances. We've seen him come close to winning. He has three, like, top three finishes in very limited starts on the PJ Tour. I think he's only been on tour for, what, about a year and a half. Um, and, and unlike some of these other guys who we see strike it great, um, and the stats always look great, but they're never close to winning. He strikes it great, has some, I mean, plus eight, plus nine, plus 10 with the ball striking, really like super high end ball striking, but also he's come close to winning. Um, so I'm just high on him in general. I think this is a great price for him. Uh, 7,900. I like him. Hoffman. I mean, I don't know what to say. It's like 7,800. Again, I think he's a great player. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. I think this week he'll be actually really popular. Um, coming off a 6th and a 14th, um, he's a UNLV guy. Uh, you know, the ball striking's been good, plus 3.6 at Sanderson Farms. Uh I don't know what to say. He seems like an easy play, but probably one of the more popular options in this range. But him and Redmond, I think, are both great plays. I like Redmond more than I like Hoffman. Hoffman makes a lot of sense. I have no problem with it. I will say, well, one, most importantly, I, if you saw the betting article last week, you know I bet him for a top five. That just shows you how that ended up. Um, he gained seven with the putter. That's not a knock, but he did capitalize on pairing the ball striking with the putter, which is what we've been waiting for. He needs to do that again here. 
Doc Redman is just good. Uh, there's nothing else to say. You were firm that he was the move over Sam Burns last week. We saw how that went. What about another one of you guys, Denny McCarthy at 7,700, gaining across the board now, not just with the putter? Yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely turned a corner, and I think we've talked about this for a few weeks now, and we're just waiting for that where he puts it all together and has the super Denny McCarthy putting. And I haven't looked at the putting stats. We need, we need one of those like plus nine strokes gain putting events out of him. Um, probably not here. I, I'm just preferential to Hoffman. Mm-hmm. I'm preferential to Redman and even a couple guys that are cheaper, uh, not on Bermuda. I think if he's going to have some ridiculous putting performance, it's probably likely to be on Bermuda. I, I don't mind him, um, but there's other guys I prefer in this range. Is HV3 one of them? HV3 is one of them. Um, and he's like a prime example of boom or bust, uh, kind of like a poor man's Bryson without the wins, obviously. But we've just seen he's all over the board. I mean, since the restart, he's missed four cuts. And then he's had four cuts where he's gained at least five strokes with the ball striking. And then he's had two other events where he's gained 3.6 to five. So it's like, inconsistent but i think this is a really good course fit for him um and he's just one of those guys i mean if if people aren't gonna play him he's kind of all over the map which can be a good thing as we've talked about a couple different times uh i like him much prefer the guys that go up and down up and down up and down than just like this flat boring line that's never gonna get you anything yeah listen again he's someone i know a lot of people have been waiting for him to break through but we have to remind ourselves when you're 7,500, yes, you want him to break through. You don't need him to break through though. Like he can cash a top 20, a top 10, and that's paying you off in a big way. And he's done that plenty of times. He hasn't won, but he's done that. He's a good scorer. Stats are good. Course is good. I don't know what there is to really not like about him. The only thing that's a knock for him is he's next to the resurgent Aaron Wise, uh, who comes in off a top 17 at the Sanderson Farms. I don't really have anything to say there. I'm just glad that he made a cut finally. Working down, this is where it gets tricky, Tim. This is a secretly, I don't want to say it's a good range, but don't just gloss over the low sevens. You have guys like Sneds, Ches Reevy, who's a desert guy, Fertelli, Steele. Then we're going to get to my guys in a second. But like, do you, do you go to guys like that? Someone like Sneds who can rack up the birdies with the putter? Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm completely sold on Sneds being back. You know, he did, he did a lot of it with the putter last week. Um, I think people will be ready to go there. And I mean, that's what he does. So it's not, you know, it's not completely out of the ordinary for him. I mean, Steele has been just really consistently good. Um, you know, not a lot of great high finishes, but for 7.2 hasn't missed a cut last seven events positive ball striking in all seven events that is that's saying something um even very top end guys dj jt it's rare for them to go seven in a row with positive ball striking they'll mix in one or two clunkers out of seven events i I guarantee it because i've been tracking this stuff for two or three years So, so to go seven in a row positive he's another guy a crazy record i believe yeah, crazy record at waste management. I don't think Safeway is that far off of a comp here. Different greens. Um, 
I really like Steele at 7,200. Yeah, listen, this is a guy that's – he's gotten some form back. He had a real rough stretch there, uh, and he has turned it around in a big way. Hasn't exploded, and that's a good thing. Like, he, he's had a lot of made cuts, but they haven't materialized on the weekend. He's similar uh, – not maybe in style, but Griot's the same thing. Griot's making cuts. He's going to gain across the board minus the putter, but ball striking is good. 7200 I think the price is fine but for tournaments I also think you don't need to go there just because how how many times is he knocking on the door late on Sunday yeah I mean we've talked about this week in and week out he's not killing you anymore that's been my big knock I don't mind him this week I think 7200 is fine you know some of these guys you just have to look at like where is their I mean I know everyone's ceiling is winning right he's won an event but realistically what do we expect and is that price where where does he have to get to pay off his price and if it's a top five and the guy is never finishing in the top five and that's what i said about sam burns last week i think we really have to look at is that the right play um but at 7200 yeah if he finishes t25 he could be fine the ball striking has been phenomenal um as always as always right i mean it's crazy uh i think people will go to ventura i don't know what to make of this guy He's been playing great at 7,100. Um, only missed one cut since the restart, kind of bouncing back and forth on the Corn Ferry Tour. I, I'm go, I'm going steel down here. But, yeah, there's there's plays. We didn't even get to your boy Fratelli. He's another one. Like, Not good last week, though. No, but when, he is, again, this is where you're, you got to separate guys into buckets. He's not going to be good every week, but when he gets going, it's going to be big. He pays you off unlike some of these other guys where they're going to make the cut more often than Fratelli, but when they do, they come in 33rd. And that's good. You don't want six of them. You don't want six Fratellis. you got to mix and match. So I love this range, and I hate to just name every – nothing's more annoying than watching a show where they name, like, every guy. But um, then we victory lap it on Twitter. Yeah, touting 101, just name everybody. Okay. But honestly, this is probably a good bounce-back spot for Burns uh, at 7,400. I thought you were going to say Benny on. Absolutely not. No. Okay. Um, Chalky last week missed the cut. Um, we're not going to make too much big price drop. I, look, I, I've been very high on Burns for a very long time. I'm not going to jump off the ship after one bad event. Um, so I, I, I would wouldn't mind going back to him either. Listen, some of these guys getting the big price drop is helpful. On lost six strokes putting last week in two rounds. He does that though. I don't know what to make of him though. It's like he goes through spurts where he putts fine, but the ball striking isn't good. And then he goes through spurts where he can't make a putt. I don't know. I'm so, he confuses me. He's really tough. Uh, I l- Listen, I think for me, the, the number one, what I do with guys sometimes is I make a list of like, what do I think is the most important thing that I, or confident thing it is? Well, I know his price. His price isn't going to move. It is 7,100. That's really good. In this field, I think that's a good price. So that's step one. The game, I'd be lying if I said I had a good feel on where it's at. His putter is broken. It's usually broken. The ball striking is not, this is not like a Grio situation though. He's been erratic with the ball striking and that's pretty atypical. So uh, that's a little concerning. I still think it's all right though uh, to go down there. I'll just say this, Ventura is fine. I have no problem. He reminds me of Cam Davis though. But he's playing very well. He's found something. 
the difference is he's much cheaper. He's like a thousand dollars difference. So I don't mind hitting this range pretty hard. Is there anyone else in the sevens when you look at like Hadwin, Domin, Perez? There, there's still names down here. Luke List, who missed on the number last week. No, I think if I tout one more guy in this range, you hit your quota. Wrangle me, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Luke List is going to be fine. He missed on the number, but again, this is about this is about lineup construction. Like they're they're going to be teams where I do take three guys in this little range, and that's fine. But you just want to have a priority of making sure the guys hit the right team. Like if you have wild people up top, big risk. I don't think that ending with Fratelli per se would be the right move. If you're looking for someone to maybe just get through that cut, I think Steele and Grio really round out a team like that nicely. And then vice versa. If you have some vanilla guys up top, uh, Tim's noted six condom plays, then you need, you, you need to open it up with Fratelli. And, and get it going and hope to roll the dice because these guys do have some win equity, even though stronger field than usual. Yeah, if you're starting Webb, Paul Casey, you might yeah. want to... Got to open it up yeah. into the depths. Um, well, like, like, we still have plenty of guys to go here. Uh, the 6K range is good. There's no doubt about it. You're going to have plays this week. Feel pretty comfortable going. In. And we get it started with Henrik Norlander. Tringali, who's been steady. Stanley missed on the number. Higgs, Adam Shank, who just never misses a cut, apparently. I mean, just start in this upper 6K range. Does anything stand out for you? Um, I think this is – it's really weird. I feel like there's just tiers where I love groups of guys and I don't love groups of guys. Not much for me in the way of preferred plays in the upper 6K range. Would If, if I had to, I'd much rather just try and get up to 7,100 for some guys there. Um, Man, if you told me a Henrik fit finished fourth last week, I would have thought I had a great week. Unfortunately, I played the wrong Henrik. He was so bad on Friday. The the apparently the good Henrik who we thought it was going to be. My God, that was that was painful. Um, I don't know. This is a really bad range for me. To me, I would go. Even though I didn't like him last week and he missed the cut, I would probably go to Patrick Rogers this week at sixty eight hundred. It really was all short game last week in the two rounds, 2.7 positive at the ball striking. And then he lost 2.7 on the greens. He lost another half around the greens. Um, So it really was all short game. Uh, Prior to that, he'd made seven uh, straight cuts. He was 11th at Punta Cana. Um, And I just think after missing the cut last week, I think people will be off of him, but he's not, he's not a guy that I really love. I don't know. I've never been a big Rogers fan, but I just think coming off the missed cut where it was all putter and short game, that's kind of something I look for. He made a hole in one last week. Uh, He's got that going for him. Well, that's why you're there. You take that out. He probably didn't even strike it that great. All all 2.7 came on one shot. (laughs) Yeah, it's honestly true. Real quick, before we – because I'm going to give some plays here. Chad brought up a reasonable name, and we did kind of gloss over him. Are you going to chase James Hahn, two straight top tens? We couldn't see what he did at Corrales, but it seems like he's playing pretty well. I love Hahn because he just wins out of nowhere. Uh, he's like – like we talked about with HV3 or Bright. I mean, he's like that to the nth degree. It's just like the guy missed like seven cuts in a row. I don't know. He's like, it's hard with him because he's never been a guy where the form has mattered much. Um, Like so inconsistent that I I don't know. He's not a guy where it's like, I feel like he's rounding into form. He he playing well two weeks in a row. 
I don't know if that means much. I mean, he could just be MIA this week. So no, I'm a big James Hahn fan, like in real life. Um, but I, I don't think I'll be playing him this week. It's pretty simple for me. If he's like very low owned, I don't mind taking some flyers as I would if he had no form. But if he's even remotely popular based off his form, I have no interest. One Riviera, one Wells Fargo. He can only win where there's uh, trees on the course. So. I do think that Wells Far- Fargo has some similarities to this course. No trees here. He can't win here. Well, may- maybe he's a secret. Uh, like he likes the desert, Sin City. He's going to do some things. There's a lot of guys who live in Nevada. Uh, probably because there's no state tax, but that's neither here nor there. Adam Shank has been ridiculous. He's made eight straight cuts, and he has zero top twenty fives in that span. I'm not gonna. I'm not interested in that. It's easy if you're starting your lineups. Bryson Wolf HV three. Go with Shank. You know, if you're starting Rio. Yeah, if you're just loading up the condoms with Webb and Casey, you got to do better than Shank. I don't know. Yeah, he's not terrible, but has he really, what has he done for you? You know, nothing, nothing. He sets the table for (laughs) other. That's the thing. If you have the, if you have a team and you've got the winner and other guys, your only concern is the other people make the cut, find the weekend. He's done that. He has made it a, a five man tournament for you, but that means your other five have to do something. And he's not, he's not even that cheap either. And he's also, it's been also just fortunate that he's like when, when a guy misses the cut on the number versus makes it on the number, there's a lot of just luck involved in that. Like he's been fortunate to make all these cuts relatively close to the line. Yep. And, and look, he's been cheaper in worse fields or, you know, I mean, 6,900, I don't look at it like, I mean, you got to play the guy. He's made seven cuts in a row at that price. It's like there's real players who can do some serious damage that are in this range or maybe a couple hundred dollars more expensive. I got a, yeah. I got a guy that normally this is you recommending him to me. I think Taylor Gooch is a really solid tournament play. Uh, the, the form is all over the map. The irons, he's gained tee to green and two straight. 37th at Sanderson Farms. But you're going to get that from a guy like this. You know, he had a good finish here uh, a couple of years ago, gained six with the ball striking. Then he can get crazy hot. He can score bent grass. Nothing bothers me about that play at all. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely get behind that. Plus 3.4 last week, missed the cut at Safeway, but gained almost three strokes with the ball striking in the missed cut, which is really, really good. And two rounds. Um, yeah. And just another guy who we've seen a couple times a year. I know I say this all the time, but just a couple times a year just goes absolutely bananas uh, with the irons and, and off the tee. So yeah, I think that's a good call. Yeah. And lately, the nice thing about it, I've always known he can do that, but it used to be he either does that or he misses the cut. Mm-hmm. He's giving you more and more when he doesn't have it. He gives you a 37th. He gives you a 25th. That's great at this price. That's a that's an added bonus to the upside. Um, now, I thought Molinari retired, so I don't know what the deal is with him being here at 6700 Last time we saw him, coronavirus was not a thing. Uh, what uh, floor is yours? Seriously, like, what do you do with a guy who hasn't played in nine months or something insane? 
I mean, there, what, what do you say? Anybody that knows, anybody that's talking about it has absolutely no idea. First of all, he hasn't played in forever. Second of all, he was terrible for what a year when we did see him. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. He, he hasn't played good golf in almost two years or a year and a half. I don't remember how far back what was at the Masters that he almost won, and then after that, it was awful. So I mean, nobody knows. I, I I'm not going there. If if he was playing great, if this was like a Ty Hatton situation from a few months ago, or was like, wow, he's playing awesome, and then we hadn't seen him or Fleetwood or somebody. He was awful for a year before he took all this time off. So no, I, I I'm not going there. Anybody that says they have a clue is lying. So I no, not for me. Yeah, not for me either. I, if Molinari, for some insane reason, beats me, it'll be like every other tournament that he's in because I never get that guy right. Uh, chasing him is a mistake. And the last thing I'll say is if you are – and listen, I think it's very important. We have some of the best tools out there. A lot of them are projection-based, of course, and that stuff is good. Just make sure you are you know that if you're looking at something, make sure it's weighing the form properly like – if you zoom out Molinari's like last 24 tournaments that could stretch into like 2018. So keep that in mind if you're looking, depending on where you're looking, but uh, we obviously here at Austin, we make sure that those tools are weighing those things properly. It's really important in golf because you can look at a guy and say, wow, he's playing great. Yeah. His last start was in March though. Um, So that's very misleading. There's weird names down here. Max Homa, Tom Lewis, RCB like these are these are good pedigree names but none of them are really playing too well and that's probably putting it lightly yeah um I no I, I was just wondering if anybody no no I yeah. just mean there's nothing like we can't go on long-term form with him because it just doesn't exist we either think it's real or it's not you know what I mean yeah no I'm not going there it so Tyler McCumber at 6,500. If you just go with the last two events has been amazing. Second at Punta Cana, sixth at Sanderson Farms, gained nine strokes at the ball striking. That was interesting. Um, Pearson? I, I have – I got the, the total 1% or two. I don't know if you have anybody in this range, but I, I have I have the play of all plays this week. Okay, well, first – I just want to pour one out because I'm making an executive decision. We're not going to be talking about Russell Knox for a long time on this show. So let's just get that out of here right now. Russell Knox, it was a good run. We hope to see you again on the show, but you were, you were banned from the show, my friend. Uh, He's going to win now. This is it. He probably will. And that would be the cruelest punishment. I have one flyer down here. I'll get it out of the way if you want me to. It's Sepp Straka. I think that he he can just get hot with the ball striking. Shown a little form. He wasn't good at Sanderson Farms. But if you want a, a, just a pure dart throw, you could do worse than him. Um, I don't even know if I really want to go down there, though. You're not going to go Chapel, are you? No. Not, okay. I think people will go Chapel. So do I. I don't um, like that, though. Yeah, the ball striking fell off. It was not good. I don't like Chapel. Uh, I, I actually like Straka, too. He's kind of in the same boat as Gooch, um, can be erratic. Exactly. Really, uh, has some really good performances. Um, have you heard of a guy named Justin Sue? Yeah, I've heard of him. You, you know why I've heard of him? Why have you heard of him? Because a couple years ago, I turned on the Golf Channel and they did a press conference and they said, quote, quote, the big four turned professional. And it was Hovland, Morikawa, Wolf, 
and Justin Sue. Uh, and here we are now. Yeah, here we are, right? It's like, but what, what happened to Justin Sue? Nobody knows. Did not obviously play as well as these other guys, but 14th at Punicana, 21st at the Barracuda, lives in Vegas. You know, and I mean, we've seen these guys, they come out, they have varying degrees of success. Some take a little bit longer, some never make it. Bryson started off hot, was terrible. Now he's back. I mean, these young guys, you never know. The guy was an absolute stud in college, was in the same boat as Wolf, Morikawa, Hovland. 6,200 local guy, you know, Punta Cana, Barracuda, not great fields, but he played well. He's got the talent. No one's going to play him. I think as a dart throw, I'd rather take a chance with some guy, a young stud, than playing, you know, Scott Brown or Zach Blair or whatever boring player there is down here. I mean, let's let's take a shot with Justin Sue. Listen, I think people are, and I'm just as guilty as this as many. People judge these these guys turn pro, and it's like immediately, okay, like this is it. He's either going to be great or he's not going to make it, and that's just not how it works. Some guys can do it. Morikawa, you know, I'm not saying. Listen. I'm not saying Justin Sue is Justin Rose, but go look at Justin Rose. Like he turned professional. He missed like 20 something cuts in a row and he just turned out fine. And and I was honestly thinking about this with a guy like Redmond who seems like underwhelming in an era where guys just come out and win a major in like their fourth start. It's like, I feel like if this was 10 years ago, we'd be talking about Doc Redmond as being like one of the best young players on tour because of what he's done. And now it's like, Oh, ho hum, you know, it's just, whatever because you got guys like Morikawa winning multiple events and majors in like their first 20 starts it's ridiculous Um, yeah so I people I mean people are like Hovland like oh he you know he kind of needs to pick it up like the guy's an absolute stud he just hasn't he doesn't have any majors yet in his like two career starts so the the, the local angle though when i when i googled justin sue and i saw that he moved to vegas right outside right by tpc i was like that's it i gotta i gotta have some of this guy this week well maybe he's neighbors with i believe another another guy who lives in the desert the opposite of justin sue in a lot of ways because we know what this guy is about it's martin laird if i he may be my last man in uh he's made what is this? Two, four, six, seven out of eight cuts plays in this event every year. He's got correlation to these type of tracks. He's made the cut here. Five out of six. I think if you're looking for a, a drop dead, I don't say cash play. He's not a cash play, but someone with decent made cut equity down here, Martin Laird, you could do worse than I think guys like Justin Sue have a lot more upside though. I remember last week, you know, there's certain guys you just think of with certain tracks. And now it's been a long time ago. Martin Laird won here in 2010 and then was a runner up in 2011. But for some reason, I think of this course, I think of Martin Laird. That just shows how far back my brain goes. I kind of do too, though. It's weird. And I just remember seeing him popping up on the leaderboard last week. And I'm like, it's just, it's like the perfect storm is brewing for like Martin Laird. And this was last week, chalk week. And he he stumbled to a T28. I don't think he'll be popular, but I just saw it. And I was like, oh, it's all coming together for for the Shriners and Martin Laird like it always does. Well, I'm glad because like if if he would have cracked the top 10, people would be talking about this. Nobody's going to play Martin Laird. And I don't, like I said, this is not like force him into your lineups. 
If you're very aggressive though, you can do worse. And this is one of the first weeks I can honestly say this. I think there are reasonable plays from basically the flat min all the way to the top. Like you can play some of these guys in lower sixes and feel pretty good relative to normally where it's just like, all right, you're, you're really taking an unnecessary risk if you do that. Yeah. It's an interesting field. Like you said, um, decent plays all the way down the board. You know, we don't have DJ, we don't have JT. Um, who's the other really good golfer that plays Parker Cootie Rory. Yeah. That guy. Um, so it's interesting. It's like Bryson's the only like elite elite player and he's erratic. So it's, it's really an an interesting field in in my opinion. There's not that one guy at the top who is like, we're definitely afraid of fading. Like if, if JT was here or DJ was here instead of Bryson, I think it'd be a lot different look at the top. I agree. Um, yeah, listen, we know that Bryson has the win equity, but his, in my opinion, his like top 20 equity is lower than those guys just because he sometimes doesn't have it. Uh, and consistency is somewhat of an issue. Not too bad, though. This is a good field. Chad, I, I think it's actually a pretty good week to play. We're going to have a lot of content ownership projections, all of that we're going to dig in tomorrow night at 8.30 Eastern, me and Jason Roslin. I'll be holding office hours. One of the other reasons you should get into Slack. Uh, articles will be posted, both betting and DFS. A lot on the betting side, not just for golf, college football, a lot of can sports. Can I come into office on. hours and ask you uh, college football questions? Always. You can go in. You can ask me college football questions. Your boy Chuba finally got on track last Got week. on track. Oklahoma State is clearly the best team in Oklahoma. The only question is, is Tulsa the second best team in Oklahoma? How pathetic for the Sooners. Um, any final thoughts on this week before we duck on out of here? No, I think we went over it. I think it's, in my opinion, a good week for balanced roster construction, just because I'm not sold uh, on the guys at the top, erratic Bryson, um, and just a couple, you know, Finau underwhelming in, in events like this, Webb and Cantlay, very boring, uh, six condom plays. I, I think it makes it interesting. Um, just just kind of having the question marks at the top in a strong field. Normally it feels like, you know, there's a lot of guys you want to play. To me, it's like, I, I, I don't know. I, I've never been looked at a field that was this strong and felt as unsure about guys at the top as I have for this event. I, I like this field. I think it's a really good blend. It gives you options. I, I hate weeks where it's like, all right, there's a giant question we have to answer. Here, I think it's pretty wide open. You can do what you want and you're not going to be weighing things that maybe are a little annoying. So We'll dive on that. We got a lot of guys that are, as Chad's pointing out, Pepper. There's a million guys who have some Vegas roots. I don't think that's a huge narrative, but it's worth considering. Um, there are guys who thrive on the Florida swing, on the California swing, on the desert swing. That is a thing. So keep that in mind, chat. Last thing, hit the notification bell. Subscribe to the channel. We have so much content coming out. We want you guys to know when the shows are dropping. So Do that, hit the like button on your way out and stay tuned for tomorrow night. Same time, same place, 8.30 Eastern, live before lock. I will see you all then and good luck this week.